How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode 200 of Mask My Garden podcast. Now, this week's episode, we're looking at the topic of what are good hedges for an Irish garden. And I suppose there's lots of really good options out there. There's also lots of bad options. Um, well, I guess they're not bad options. It's just that if put in the wrong place, they can be a bad option for your garden. So we'll chat about what are good hedges, where will they grow, what's a suitable hedge for certain locations or for certain uses. And uh, we'll chat about all of that. There's lots of different types of hedge that we're going to chat about. And we've sort of covered it before where I spoke about the best hedges previously. But at that time, I think I, I stuck to a list of kind of 10. But there's a huge amount of options. So we'll probably cover a few more in this. Uh, we're going to go quite basic though at the start. And when someone says, what's a good option for a hedge? The first thing that some people are not even aware of is, you know, evergreen or deciduous. And just to get really basic for a minute, an evergreen hedge is a hedge that is exactly that. It stays green all the time. It holds its leaf all year round and pretty much looks the same the whole year round. A deciduous he uh, hedge, on the other hand, is one that loses its leaves in the wintertime. And I suppose examples of a deciduous hedge would be something like beech or hawthorn. Examples of an evergreen hedge would be something like a holly or a laurel. And that's the first consideration. It's something that I actually hadn't noticed much of, you know, over the years up until recently. And recently I've, I've heard people asking for hedges. They just don't want a hedge where the leaves are falling off it. So they don't want the leaves blown around particularly if they've got a paved area or, you know, porcelain tiles or a tarmac, a tarmac Adam driveway or anything like that. They, they do not want leaves blown around and, you know, it's, it's neat and tidy and that's what they're looking for. So it just goes to show that, you know, things change and, and uh, I suppose people's wants and needs from a hedge are probably changing a little bit as well. I suppose when it comes to hedges they have a few functions or a few uses and i suppose most notably in in ireland they're used quite a lot to frame the site so frame your garden whether that's in a country site where your countryside garden where you might have a big site and you want to literally frame the whole site with a hedge or whether it's you know a town garden where you want to separate your garden your front garden from your neighbors or you want to create a boundary create a screen that sort of thing so they're used predominantly for that um, obviously they provide shelter they're used for shelter in certain situations they're also in certain situations used as noise filters so if you you know happen to live quite close to you know whether that's a, a railway line or you know a nightclub or a schoolyard or something like that and you want to you want to screen or sort of filter the, the noise from that or a factory or whatever that might be so it's used for for noise filtration they're also being used quite a lot in recent years for biodiversity corridors and people are becoming conscious of that so on the one hand you have people who don't want any leaves falling down and they're looking for neat and tidy on the other hand there's a lot of people looking for biodiversity rich hedges and ones that would provide biodiversity corridors for insects to pass and move through their garden. 
and I suppose to frame off things like vegetable plots or fruit gardens and to add an extra layer of biodiversity and nature into a garden. Within a garden, so we've said that they're, they're used a lot for framing and you know, going completely around sites and gardens, but also within gardens, they're used quite a lot to you know, maybe shelter certain zones. You might have a, a seating area, a sunken garden, that type of a thing, or an eating area. You want to screen off that. You want to provide a bit of shelter or you want to frame it again. And it's used for that. It's also used for creating secret rooms um, within your gardens. So a lot of a lot of gardens now, uh, they will have gardens within their gardens. And, and that's done by creating a, a series of you know, smaller hedges within the garden that create these little rooms and each room then becomes a different type of garden. I suppose most notably on Monty Don's garden, you know, on Gardener's World, he has different sections that are hedged all around them and each section then becomes a new garden of, of some sort, whether that's an oriental garden or a, you know, a bog garden, whatever sort of a fruit garden, vegetable garden, whatever it is, it's it's boxing off these different zones and then each one then becomes uh, a separate type of garden with a different identity within that. And so they're kind of the uses of, of hedges and they're hugely popular. The reason I wanted to cover it at this time of the year, apart from the fact that we're, we're after having months and months of torrential rain and every part of the country is soaked, we are still getting towards quite quickly towards, um, I suppose, peak planting period. And that's the bare root season for, for hedging. And a lot of plants are, are planted at that stage in, in bare root form. It's also this time of the year is a great time of the year to actually plant hedges, whether that's in pots or in bare roots, which, as I say, will be available in a few weeks time. But I suppose to cover off that then for people who are who are thinking about hedges, uh, bare root hedging is essentially the plant of whatever it is that you're choosing. Things like beech, hawthorn, they're, they're the type of hedges that are generally sold as bare root. And they literally are the plant that's dug out of the ground. All the clay has gone off the roots, and what you have is a is a fibrous root zone, uh, bare roots, and that's where the term bare roots come from. And it's a great way of planting uh, at certain times of the year. That window in Ireland is typically from mid to end of November right through to I suppose mid March. And this year it looks like it's going to be a little bit later because it's been extremely wet, but more than that, it is quite mild still. And so a lot of hedges, they've got no frost or little or no frost yet within Ireland, and they are still holding on to their leaf. And so what happens is the growers, they can't dig that until the plant has gone fully dormant. So it's looking like at this stage that it's definitely going to be, it looks like the end of November before you'll really start to see bare root plants coming available on, on the Irish market. There's going to be a lot of demand, I guess, this year on bare root plants because the new Department of Agriculture scheme, Acres, is encouraging and supplementing uh, farmers to plant trees and plant native hedging. And so I think that it's anticipated that there'll be 3 million plants planted on that scheme, you know, over the over the bare root season this year, which is a hell, hell of a lot of plants. And I guess that doesn't take into account at all anything that, you know, home gardeners will be doing or town councils or landscapers or whatever. 
So there's going to be a big demand on it. So if you are thinking about you know native native bare root trees or hedging, you'd want to be getting your orders in, even if you're not going to plant it for the reasons of your ground conditions mightn't be ready. But even if you're not going to plant it, I would be definitely sourcing them and, and just digging them into a a hole or digging them into a bit of a trench uh, until your ground conditions are ready because availability could be a problem later on in the season this year. So that's, uh, I suppose, the the part of it. What you need to consider when you're, when you're looking at a hedge is, and I suppose people sometimes look at this through a kind a quite a narrow uh, vision of what it is that they're looking for they have a look or an aesthetic in their head and you really need to broaden your thinking on this when you're considering your hedge so you need to consider things like your soil is your soil type your area is it you know is it wet or is it dry is it waterlogged that's a really important consideration it's important to know that because this is the difference between something being successful or something being underwhelming, and in some cases, in worst cases, I guess, some of the hedge dying. Um, so be aware of what your soil type is. Be aware of your soil conditions. Uh, is it wet, dry, heavy, loamy, um, waterlogged in any particular areas? And then you'll choose a hedge based on that. Uh, your site, as in, is it windy? Is it a particularly cold site? Is it inland? Is it coastal? There are other considerations. Uh, coastal areas, they'll get less frost, so they're, they're going to be able to grow, I suppose, more tender plants for hedges, but the, the, they will get a lot of wind and a lot of salt spray from, from sea, coastal winds, and that can be a consideration. So it's important to know those things. And I think one of the most under sort of thought about considerations at this stage is how often you'd like to be cutting that hedge or not like to how often will you need to cut that hedge and that is a big consideration so a lot of hedging plants you'll you know if you want to keep them in a sort of a formal looking neat tidy hedge one cut a year is going to be fine but then there's lots of other ones that they will need a minimum of two, possibly even three, four cuts a year to keep them looking in that formal look, if that's what you're going for. Now, you may not be going for that look, but that's an important consideration. It's an important consideration for now when you're planting it. But even thinking down the road, if this is your forever home that you're you're putting your hedge around, or potentially your forever home, and say you're putting in a hedge that you want to let grow to a final height of seven foot, six foot, seven foot, and that's going to need three cuts a year. Well, that might be fine while you're young and hale and hearty, but it's not going to be so easy to do that when you're you're getting on in years. And that's an important consideration as well. So just bear that in mind, ask that question. And as I say, it may not affect you at all now. You you know, you might be quite happy to go out and do your two, three cuts a year, but would you be happy to do that in 20 years' time, 30 years' time? And that's sort of what you need to be looking at. Most hedges most hedges are going to be there for the long term. So you do need to have a look, obviously, in the short term, what your ground conditions, your soil conditions, your area is like. And then in the long term, what's the maximum height I want this hedge to go to? And, you know, am I going to be 
capable of doing this or is it going to be easy to do this in in years to come uh, and so once you've once you sort of figure out all those things for yourself suitable for your garden then you can take that list and it is it, it really is worth jotting down those points when you start going researching or you start going looking at hedges um so i suppose to get into the actual hedge types and i'll talk about the popular ones but there there is lots and the last time i covered this i kind of did it over we talked about maybe 10 i think um different types of hedge and i mentioned my personal favorite which was was and still is beach um but i'll i'll talk about them all mention whether they're evergreen you know the number of cuts per year that you'll need to grow whether they're fast growing or slow growing and how you would maintain them and what's the best way to buy them whether that's in bare root or potted and just keep a listen out to the points and if you are considering you are considering you know a hedge for for your own garden you might be able to narrow it down to a couple after this and then you know start to make your decision based on on the criteria that you want so we'll start with evergreen and the most popular one in Ireland in terms of the volume that's sold is laurel. Uh, so that's your, your straightforward green laurel, referred to as cherry laurel. And laurel is evergreen, so it stays green all year round. It looks the same all year round. Will grow pretty much to any height that you want it to grow. So if you wanted it to grow to 10 foot, 15 foot, it could do that. Typically, though, it's best kept at sort of four, five foot tall and you know you'll be able to keep it neat and tidy and full to the bottom and i think that's an important consideration a lot of the time you can get hedges to hit a certain height and especially in the earlier years you might want it to grow to a certain height and you let it get there and then you start clipping it but you're better off actually after planting to keep cutting it keep cutting the top off it for a year or two make the base fill out so that you have this solid you know this solid um, sort of wall of a hedge that then you can let go up to your desired height and that's a really important tip is to is to as soon as you start planting and you get a little bit of growth on top is to start topping it to make it fill out at the bottom as i say the most popular one in ireland uh, can grow to whatever height you really want it to grow to and can be kept can be kept to a reasonably tidy shape It'll need probably one cut a year. Then for the next one, it's Portuguese laurel. And I spoke about this the last time. As it stands today, that is one of the one of the most popular and I suppose one of the best hedges that you can that you can grow. It's fast growing. It's a dark, it's a smaller leaf than a, a green laurel. It's a darker leaf and looks tidier when when trimmed. So it's a really, really nice hedge. I mentioned it the last time. It's one of one of my favorite hedges currently. I'd always be concerned though when when you have a hedge that's in full, I suppose, vogue, which it is for the last couple of years. It's it's one of the most popular for the last couple of years, but it kind of came from nowhere. Um, it's only in the last sort of five years that it has got really really popular, and sometimes you'd like to see a hedge around for a longer period of time just to make sure that there isn't any kind of diseases or any issues with it. So far, there isn't anything major. There's a couple of little bits and pieces, but nothing major. I have one here. It's really, really healthy. It's there. 
probably around the five-year mark now. It's really fast-growing, great hedge, one cut a year, good, thick, dense hedge, and, yeah, looks really well. can also be kept quite neat, so if you're in an urban area, it can be kept quite neat, and it's a great hedge uh, from that point of view. Uh, the next one on the list, again, is Evergreen. It's a brilliant hedge. It's Texas Bacata or U, and you can get there's the, the green version and there's the kind of goldy or yellow colored one. And they're both beautiful hedges, can be kept really compact. So they can be kept compact or they can be let grow tall. Very slow growing. That's the only thing to say on it. So if you're looking for something that's going to give you quite a big, fast impact, uh, then U is not going to be it. But a really, really good hedge. Um, other consideration, the clippings from it are poisonous to uh, horses, cattle, uh, sheep. So after it's, after it's cut, that's when it's, uh, the, the cuttings can be dangerous. So just watch out for that one um, and be aware of it. A really good plant, slow growing, beautiful, can be kept really compact, really neat. Ideal for internal, internal hedges as well around, you know, say around uh, patios, that sort of thing, or creating little gardens, little areas. It's a really, really good hedge for that. Another evergreen hedge, again, I have some of it here, is Grisolinia, a really good hedge. It's fast growing, a light kind of limey green color, evergreen, so stays the same color all year round. Again, one cut per year is sufficient with it, and that cut is actually a really easy cut. It's, it's, quite, it's quite an easy hedge to cut. That's an important consideration as well, is that some of them are, you know, they can be quite woody and quite hard to cut, but the likes of the likes of the Grisolinia is a really easy hedge to cut. The only, the only, I suppose, potential downside with it, and it's one to bear in mind, is that Grisolinia was traditionally and is, I guess, still seen as more of a seaside um, hedging plant. And the reason being is it doesn't like heavy frost. Now, we typically are not getting heavy enough frosts, you know, over the last number of years to do damage or to do any extensive damage to, to a Grisolinia hedge. That being said, in 2010 and 2011, we had those really two really harsh winters. And I know there was a lot, an awful lot of, you know, Grisolinia hedges in inland Ireland that got killed. And these were mature hedges. And basically, they were. We had that was it five weeks of continuous frost with with no thaw hardly at all, and that just killed so many mature hedges, and that's very very frustrating. So, I would be careful of that at this stage. You know, as I say, it's now twenty twenty three. The last time we had a frost that was of that magnitude was two thousand and eleven. Uh, so it's not something that happens regularly. Having said that. If you have a hedge that you've put 10 years of growth into, uh, which a lot of people did at that stage, and then all of a sudden you get an event like that and your hedge gets gets wiped out, then you've, you're starting from scratch again, which is very, very frustrating. And I know that did happen. It happened up in my mother's garden. She had a, a well-mature, like uh, it was definitely there 10, 12 years Grisolinia hedge. It was in fantastic shape. It was growing really well. It was lovely tidy tall it was exactly what you wanted and then uh, 2010 11 um it was just taken out now occasionally i have it here just a, a small bit 
and basically occasionally you get a little bit of a blackening on the end of the of the leaf tips on new growth but i have never had anything extensive but i still wouldn't plant it as my main hedge around a whole site very good very good hedge but i would just always have that concern in the back of my mind that's a consideration uh, but a brilliant brilliant hedge really nice hedge and is sold extensively in inland areas even though it's traditionally you know seen as a seaside as a seaside plant one that i haven't grown here before it is a good it is a good hedge but it is really for coastal seaside areas is oleria uh, again evergreen not as tidy as some of the rest of them but it does give a great head make a great hedge create good shading it can go to a good big size and it's quite easy to cut as well as i say i've never grown it myself never actually planted it either because it is very much seen as a coastal where i am here i couldn't be further from from the sea so it's uh, it's not one that i've ever planted before the next one is a very obvious one for people it's boxes and boxes is a brilliant hedge for for smaller areas so if you're you know that traditional uh, boxing off or 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 edging of flower beds of creating formal walkways was traditionally done with boxes we've spoke about it before obviously there's the potential issues now around boxes moth and boxes blight and they had they're something that weren't and wasn't a consideration say 10 years ago and that's what i was saying you know just in relation to something like portuguese laurel something that wasn't an issue for boxes 10 years ago is now a big issue and is causing a lot of people i suppose to move away from it in terms of planting but also it's causing a lot of people who have it uh, quite a bit of work and quite a bit of maintenance to ensure that they can keep it healthy while it's vulnerable to these you know pests and diseases that are out there and that wasn't you know those hedges that were planted boxes hedges that were planted 20 years ago 30 years ago 50 years ago boxes blight boxes moss just wasn't even in the equation it it wasn't an issue and has since become one has spread from other countries and now is you know it's a real threat to that to that hedge so it's something to be aware of um, and then there's certain hedges that you know have been planted here for hundreds of years and have never seen or had any issue whatsoever and you know that's a good solid option when you're looking in the long term so boxes is as i said super plant super hedge if you're looking for that neat and tidy that formal look for creating small uh, or low growing hedges along pathways or around flower beds or along borders that sort of thing that's where you know boxes comes into its own it can be clipped and would need to be clipped at least twice a year but again it's really easy clipping it's really, really simple to cut. So that's boxes. Another low-growing hedge that's very, very little used, but is quite useful, is berberus. And you get different ones. There's autopurpia, which is a, a purple-leafed one. They will have berries, will have berries a certain time of the year. I guess they're not planted because they are notoriously thorny. So that's probably the reason why they're not popular. But in terms of creating an actual hedge They're, they do create a really really good hedge um, more on the low growing side so you're not going to get this now if you want to i suppose frame off your site you know it's not going to be one that you're going to get to six foot seven foot it's more of a 
of a smaller hedge for boxing off certain areas. Another another hedge that gets a lot of, of mention is Catoniaster Coral Beauty. That's again an evergreen, has flowers in the springtime, has berries in the wintertime. Really good hedge, really small leaf, really fine leaf. That will need two cuts a year, though, to keep it tidy. And if you're looking for that real formal look, that's what's going to be needed. The only thing I'd say, and we'll talk about it on some of the other flowering ones, if if you're looking to keep a really formal hedge, then you're going to need to cut it, you know, once, twice a year to keep that formal look on it. But sometimes if you if you have, say, a berry or a flower a flowering hedge, by giving it the cuts that you need to keep it looking formal, you're maybe losing the benefit that we're trying to that we're trying to get. So that's that's something just to watch out for as well. But a really good hedge, Catoniaster, Carl Beauty. Uh, the next one on the list is again another kind of one that isn't used a lot. It's Tuia plicata, and that's a conifer type plant. So I suppose the most famous of those conifer type ones was the the horrible Alandi that was grown years ago, and that's completely gone now, or 90% gone. You will still see it being used more in, I suppose, industrial settings, but never much anymore in, thankfully, in urban or in, I suppose, private garden settings. But Tuya Placata is a good hedge, evergreen, um, conifer, conifer type uh, plants. Easy to cut, gonna you know, one cut a year is gonna keep it good and hardy as well, so it'll grow in most soils and it creates a good solid wall. The only thing I'd say about it, not you know, the likes of a hedge like that is not ideal for nesting birds. They're quite hard to get into, so you know, they won't really get into that. And then it doesn't offer much else in terms of biodiversity. So probably not the best choice in terms of biodiversity, but still a really good hedge for creating a solid, a good solid block, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, again, another hedge that would be underutilized, would be seen as old-fashioned, is privet. And it does need a couple of cuts a year, so you're going to need two to three cuts a year to keep it, if you want to keep it in that formal look. And if you don't keep it in that formal look, it gets quite leggy and can look, you know, sort of bare at the bottom and have, you know, that sort of a loose look on it which is not what generally people are looking for from a hedge so but a really good and underutilized hedge there's the the green privet and the golden privet and both of them you know easy to cut two or three cuts per year keeps them and keeps them nice and neat and they will go to whatever kind of height you want you know seven eight nine foot you know they can go to that sort of height or alternatively they can be kept to two three foot so they're they're quite versatile, underutilized, I would say. They're definitely a really, really solid hedge to have. Another good evergreen example is Escalonia. Again, that sort of falls into the same bracket as the Grisellinia. It's re, it was originally you know, a coastal, a coastal plant used for, for coastal areas. And it does have flowers or certain varieties. They'll have the pink flower, the purple flower really nice leaf easy to cut will will need a couple of cuts a year to keep it into that tidy look um but is quite vulnerable to frost and heavy frost particularly so another good option particularly in a coastal area not so good an option in you know inland another sort of hardy evergreen is viburnum tinus so viburnum tinus is a shrub an evergreen shrub that would have a white flower and that's a really good hedging plant. 
not utilised a lot as a hedging plant, but a really good hedging plant nonetheless. Dark evergreen leaf does have a flower, can be kept compact and will take heavy cutting, will grow into the, you know, the, the, the full box hedge with f- filled to the base and neat and tidy. So a nice hedging plant, but underutilised or not used much. Uh, Bay laurel is another one, similar type thing, uh, really hardy. Not much that it's affected by, you know, will grow in most areas, hardy. Not as tidy as some of the rest of them. So when it's been trimmed, obviously you have a beautiful smell off it. You have the leaves uh, that can be used for, for cooking. But generally not as neat or not as tidy. The, the the growth is a little bit looser on it. So that's just maybe that might be the the thing that would turn people away from it is that it's just not as, as neat and tidy looking as some of the rest of them. One hedge that's recommended a lot and used a lot, but I absolutely hate it as a hedging plant is Fotinia red robin. I have rarely seen that to be, you know, a good hedging plant because again, for the same reason, it to get the red, the really red leaves that you're looking for, you you need to have it cut in the in the autumn time. Uh, or in the winter time, and then the fresh growth of the spring will be a bright red color coming through. It'll need to be cut quite quickly then, uh, because it does get untidy looking, and it doesn't fill out and thicken out the same way as some of the rest of them will. While it's a young hedge, you know, three years, four years, five years, it can be quite neat and tidy. But as that hedge gets a little bit older. It gets woodier down lower and you end up with it being quite gappy. So long term, I don't see it as being a brilliant hedge. A lot of people recommend it. A lot of people like it. I just do not like it as as a hedging plant at all. I just think it's over time. I think it's way too, uh, way too loose, goes way too, too woody. One of the best hedges that you can get is a holly hedge. Uh, the only downside of holly is that it's really slow growing. Brilliant hedge, hardy, has you know great biodiversity benefit with the berries and the flowers, um, but it is slow growing. The other thing to consider is that you will need to mix. You know, typically, you'll need to mix the hedges, the hedging plants, because you'll need a male and a female within that in order to ensure that you get berries. But in terms of a hedge, it's it's a really really good hedge. Looks superb. Is evergreen. Obviously, if you're looking for you know any sort of security, it's a great hedge because it's thorny, but it is slow growing. That's the only that's the probably the biggest downside, and it's probably the reason why it's not as popular as as it could be. Is that you know it is a slow growing hedge. Like so, if you want to get a hedge to four or five foot, you are looking at seven, eight, nine years, and you're going to probably need to cut it a good bit in between to make it fill out. So that is you know that's the downside of holly. Next one then is Edix credata. So that's the Japanese holly. That's a very good one. It's been used a huge amount now as a replacement as a replacement for boxes. Uh, given what I said earlier on about the boxes having boxes blight problems and boxes moth problems, Edix credata is being used a lot now for that purpose. So either as a hedge or as the the cones and the balls, it's it's sort of taken over a little bit from from boxes. Probably not as neat and tidy as boxes in terms of, you know, that real tight growth that you'd get with almost no gaps in it. It's a little bit looser than that, but it still is a really hardy, solid hedge. 
has been around for a while, you know, as a shrub. So, you know, it looks like there's nothing really much affects it. So that's a good thing and can be kept really small and tidy. Um, so good, good sort of replacement or a good alternative to boxes. Then kind of the last one on the list, again, a little small grown one is Euonymus. Euonymus would be well known to many of you as, you know, as various different types of, of shrubs. There's the, um, so there's emerald gold, there's loads of different goldy leaves and silver leaf. They're, they're going to be ones that you're going to be keeping kind of two foot, no more than two foot high, but they are colorful either, as I say, in the, in the variegated leaf yellow color or the variegated leaf silvery color. So, um, but really good, really good options there in that. Then when you look at deciduous, and this is where you'll come to what I suppose call my, my favorite hedge still, it's beech. And I suppose a funny one here is that beech goes brown in the wintertime. And a huge amount of people refer to that as copper beech. So, and, and, and what they're thinking is that browning in the autumn time of the leaf. So copper beech and green beech is actually the summer color, the spring color, the summer color of the leaf. So you'll have a green leafed beech that will turn brown in the autumn and you'll have a purple or copper color as they call it, a uh, purple leaf that will turn brown in the autumn. And they're, both of those are different. The copper beech is what's referred to as the purple leaf beech. Now, why is that important? Uh, I, I just notice a lot of people calling beech copper beech because of that browning in the, in the autumn time. But if you say to your, you know, your, or you go to, your, to buy your copper beech, copper beech is typically two and a half to three times more expensive than green beech. And it's purple, it's slower growing, purple leaf, it's a lot slower growing. It's a lot more difficult to establish. And if you're doing a big area, it's a lot more expensive. And it's, it is just with some people a mis mis uh, misconception. So green beech and purple beech and both of them will turn brown in the autumn. As I say, beech is, is my favorite hedge. The only time I don't like it is there's about a three to four week period in the springtime what happens is basically when you're in full summer you have your green leaf on your hedge looks really nice you get away with one good cut a year keeps it really tidy and neat for the year your new growth is green if it's green beech it's purple it's it's uh, purple and then what happens is the leaves all go brown in the autumn but they don't fall off the tree or the, or the hedge straight away. They hold on the tree. And they'll stay on that plant all winter. That's where this solid sort of brown wall comes. And that's what a lot of people refer to being as copper beech. And then what happens is in the springtime, as the buds of the new leaf start to fill out, they basically push, they push out the bud. And eventually, the old leaf will drop off. And that's typically three to four weeks before the new leaf of the new season emerges. And it's in that time, which is a month or thereabouts, three to four weeks, where beech does not look nice. It's scrawny, all its leaves are falling off, but there's no new leaf to replace. And it just, it just doesn't look nice. But that's the only period of the year where I don't like beech is that period. Um, so other than that, it's a, it's a really good plant. 
it, it's hardy. It's been around for years upon years, never any issues with it. The only slight thing to consider is it doesn't really like wet soil. So if you've really, if you've really heavy soil, then that's not a best, might, may not be the best option. Hornbeam would be a really good replacement in a scenario like that where you're on really, really damp soil because hornbeam is quite similar. It's, it's not, not quite as nice, but it is quite similar. Can be kept, you know, neat and tidy, will fill out to the bottom. Green leaf with good kind of ribs on it. It's, it's a really nice leaf and it's, it'll grow in wet ground. So, it's a good alternative if your ground is too wet for beach. Hornbeam is a really good option. Um, both of those will be available in the coming weeks as bare root plants. And you're typically looking at, you know, three, maybe four plants per meter there. Uh, hornbeam be the same kind of three, three, four plants per meter. And that's a good option, as I said, if you're in, in wet ground. Then next one on the list is Protagus, which is the hawthorn. And that's, you know, one that is hugely beneficial to to biodiversity and pollinators. It's early the 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 white flower on it is early food for bees, so has great biodiversity benefit, and would be used in a lot of the mixed hedges. It's one that is sort of recommended on the acre scheme for this year, so it's it's potentially going to be in short supply this this year. So if you are thinking of doing that, um. Hawthorn hedge I would be looking for early in the bare root season. And next one on the list is pyracanta. Again, it's one that's probably underutilized. So it's it can be sold as a shrub as well and is sold as a shrub. It's a brilliant plant for along a wall or for creating a tall, slender barrier. It has really sharp horns on it. That's the downside of it. The upside is that it has a mass of berries at, in the wintertime. So a huge mass of orange berries. So obviously there's benefit there for the birds, but it looks spectacular as well. Uh, certain varieties have issues with blight and that can cause, you know, if you have a lot of it, it can cause some issues. But in terms of a hedge, especially a hedge for along a wall or, you know, to screen a wall it's a brilliant brilliant hedge looks looks spectacular obviously you have it's very thorny so there is some security benefit in it as well uh, but a great hedge other hedges then some people look for flowering hedges you can have obviously albeit small you can have a lavender hedge which will be you know maximum of kind of two foot tall Definitely, if you're if you're if you're going down the route of looking for a lavender hedge, you you should be looking at the hardy English varieties rather than the French varieties. They're just better suited to Ireland. The English varieties are uh, other flowering hedges are things like forsythia, which is the yellow flower in the springtime. Not you know it it creates a, a hedge as such, but it isn't what you would see as a tidy formal hedge. It's quite loose. It's a bit like the the red robin after it's let grow a little bit. It's it's very woody quite loose and not that tidy. Uh, hydrangea in certain parts of the country is a brilliant hedge. Again, won't be that tidy formal look, but it, it can create a boundary, a barrier, and obviously it can get a spectacular effect from the flower at certain stages of the year. So hydrangea is another one. Uh, another evergreen hedge, not a flowering one, but an, ever, an evergreen hedge, and in my eyes, completely underutilized, is one called Lanicera natida. And 
why I say it's overused is again, it's a little bit like the privet. It's really, really seen as being old fashioned. And it's typically what you'll see around derelict cottages in Ireland. And I suppose from that point of view, that's why it might be seen as being as being um, old fashioned. However, it's it's one that will grow really fast. Now, it will need a couple of cuts a year, two and possibly three cuts a year to keep it tidy. But it's one that can be kept to you know, two foot tall, three foot tall, four foot tall, uh, evergreen, really easy to cut. So none of the stems are, are, are really thick or woody. So it's a really easy one to cut, can be kept really tidy, albeit that you'll have to give it maybe three cuts a year, but they will all be light cuts. And it's real hardy, will grow in almost any soil doesn't have any sort of pests that I'm aware of. I suppose that's borne out by the fact that you do still see it around derelict cottages in Ireland so that it is, you know, it's around for a long time. And if it's kept trimmed and if it's kept tidy, it can be a really effective, nice formal hedge without much work, dead hardy, that you're not going to have, you know, any issues with around pests or anything like that. So again, it's one that I would see to be underutilized from that point of view. And then you have, I suppose, mixed hedges. And these are really good options now. And, you know, we've spoken about them on the podcast before. So there's different companies, Future Forests, who had on the podcast before. They, they sell them as uh, a flowering hedge, which is a mix of different flowering plants. They, they would have hawthorn, blackthorn, uh, crabtree, hazel, gilder rose, spindle, and you know they're, they're going to give you they're all different plants going to give you different flowering periods different types of biodiversity so you'll have the hawthorn with the flower and the berry the black thorn with the early season flower and the slow the hazel obviously with the with the nuts and so you're getting different types of i suppose flowering periods fruiting periods and that will bring in biodiversity, so birds and insects and so on, and become a biodiversity corridor. Uh, you can have, as I say, mixed flowering ones, mixed edible ones, mixed biodiversity hedges, and they're you know really good options. They're the only thing I'd say about those as well is that to really see the true effect or the true benefit of hedges like that, you you probably can't keep them, you know, totally formal as in cut tight all the time because obviously the plants need to grow grow out the flower and then the flower becomes the berry and so on or the you know the 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 fruit and if you're cutting it hard all the time then you're cutting out those those flowers or and you're not getting then the the benefits so they kind of have to be let grow out a little bit they can be kept somewhat tidy but they do need to be let grow a little bit and not kept totally formal that's the only the only thing with those, but they're hugely popular and they're really, really beneficial for biodiversity. So they're they're kind of mixed hedges, and there's there's a good few options there, and you can you can mix and match them yourself once you once you know the plants that will go in it. So that's a kind of a long and extensive list. There's the critical things, as I said at the start: know your soil, know your site, be conscious of the the final height that you wanted to get to. And then be conscious of the number of cuts a year that you'll need to, to to give the hedge to, I suppose, to to keep it to whatever height you're looking for. And if you feel that that's going to be a lot in years to come, then 
you know, might not be the best option. You know, there's good, solid options there probably in every, you know, for every scenario, whether that's a, a small, tidy, formal hedge that you're looking for, whether it's a larger, um, you know, larger hedge for screening, for, I suppose, filtering noise or whatever it is, whatever, whatever it is that you want from your hedge, there's so many options out there. And just be conscious of, I suppose, the little bits and pieces that I mentioned throughout the throughout the list there of the pros and cons of some of them. We're coming up while we've had an extremely wet time, as I said earlier, we've we're definitely coming up to the best time of the year for planting. And we have then once bare root season kicks off, you have from sort of the end of November right through until mid-March, maybe into end of March for, for planting. So there's a there's a window of time there. Certainly if you're looking at anything or looking for anything that is you know, the native plants, because of the acre scheme, there's definitely going to be a scarcity of those coming up over the next year. So I would be looking to get those early in that window. Even if your ground is not ready for planting, I would get them and, and have them secured because they are going to be scarce. So that's a, a long uh, a long list. It's a longer list than we had the last time. There's lots of options there. I think no matter what you know type of a hedge you're looking for, you'll find something in there. Beach for me is still my favorite. It's just uh, I like it, as I say, for for more or less the whole year, apart from one month. It's quite easy to keep. It's solid to the base. Looks nice, as I say, most of the year round. And uh, yeah, it's just good solid hedge that you never really have any issues with. Lots of the other ones as well. Same thing. Just you have to you have to pick the hedge that's going to suit your garden. So just choose choose the one that suits you suits your site, suits your soil, suits the amount of cuts that you want to give it for you know per year to keep it at a certain height. And make sure and keep your eye on 20 years' time, 30 years' time, when you're maybe not as fit and able as you are today to to do that. And then you won't go too far wrong with choosing the, the perfect hedge for your garden. So I hope that helps. And if you have any questions, don't be afraid to, to shoot me an email. See info at mastermygarden.com. That's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, happy gardening. Mm-hmm.